Hello and welcome to a brief edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. Nate Duncan joins me after uh, Warriors got whacked by the Zion Pelicans. He was awesome tonight. Yeah, never say it's going to be brief when you start a podcast with me, though. You don't know, you don't know that for sure. <laughs> I mean, brief for you is probably like 45 minutes on your pod. <laughs> this is probably going to be, I don't know, 15 minute or so one. Yeah. Um, I mostly want to talk about Dragon Bender. Uh, that's what I'm writing about. You know, again, in this uh, careening season where they are now 12 and 45, the Warriors are, uh, you just kind of look for, like, interesting things, you know, stories within an empty story, basically. Uh, and, I don't know, this next 10-day experiment with Dragon Bender, who they now have as the 13th man on their roster, and he signed today and played 20 minutes tonight, um, is, and, you know, it, it he could not be on the roster ten days from now, and this podcast is irrelevant. What I write tonight is relevant. Any thoughts about his long term fit with the Warriors don't matter. But it's at least they're using one of these open roster spots to take a chance on a guy who I, at least theoretically could be a stretch five for them the next couple of years. I'm not sure either of us would predict he will be, but it's possible. Yeah, and I think that the two skills that appeal. Number one, he's a smart player. He can pass. You know, Kerr loves passers, loves passing big men who can make decisions. And then the stretch five element as well is something that they're going to look at. I think there's a couple of concerns, obviously, with him. You know, reasons why he's not established himself in his career after being the number four pick out of Croatia back in 2016. Uh, I think you don't see the one skill that really pops. He's a solid shooter he gets guarded out there but he's not really a 40 percent guy and so then what else does he bring is the question that's really an above average nba skill that wants to to put him out there because you know i I think as a center he does he's tall enough but he doesn't really have the athleticism to impact things around the basket at all no, I mean, he did make a couple plays tonight in his debut that were like, ooh, you know, like other guys on this team couldn't make that play. You know, it's as they move forward, and right now at the big man spot, you got Kavon Looney, who's kind of this ground-bound six-foot, we'll say ten. He's long, but he does not get up above the rim. He's not a rim protector. Marquise Chris, the other guy under contract, is more of a rim protector, but he's six-foot-nine. You see him going against, you know, the Valachunas of the world, the Steven Adams of the world. Like, he kind of gets pushed around. And not that Bender... Uh, will be able to bruise and body with those guys inside but he's at least seven foot one seven foot you know at a minimum which they don't have um and you know tonight i saw him he had a help side like weak side block on uh zion at the rim uh i you you would know more about his rebounding struggles and i want to kind of ask you about them but he had a couple power rebounds in traffic tonight you know one was an offensive rebound early he had a defensive rebound one where it was like ooh, he looks to me like he could be a good rebounder but he, his rebounding numbers are terrible, right, early in his career? Yeah, they're, they're not amazing. He hasn't played a ton of center. I mean, simply just playing center is going to improve your individual rebound numbers because there are fewer players to compete for these uncontested defensive rebounds. But I think the biggest problem with him is, you know, physically he's not quite there as an NBA center. I mean, when he was drafted, the thought was he would be more of like kind of a Kirilenko type on the perimeter, stretch four, who could put it on the floor and drive, switch on to smaller players, block shots, get steals, and 
because he wasn't really quite as athletic as advertised as either a two-foot leaper, moving his feet. You know, we saw him get blown by by Drew Holiday today on an ISO, for example. That vision hasn't really come to pass, and so he doesn't quite have the strength. He's a really naturally skinny guy. He's put on some muscle, as guys tend to do, but he's not going to really be a bruiser, and he doesn't have a ton of verticality at the rim. And so physically, as an NBA center, He's a little bit overmatched, and so, okay, if you're giving that up, well, he's got to be this unbelievable shooter and skill guy on the perimeter, and he's, he's only okay at that for that type of player so far. Maybe he'll turn over a new leaf here with the Warriors, but that's been the story so far in his NBA career. Yeah, he went 2 of 5 from 3 tonight, missed a couple open ones, made a couple open ones, um, and I, I think you're right. I, I for, for him to be an impactful rotation player in the NBA, even with the Warriors... He's, he, he shot 38% in the G League. Like, 38%, I think, would be good enough to be like, wow, you know, that's a that's a usable stretch yeah. five. Because he's not terrible at the other parts of the game. He's just uh, passable. And it's okay if you're passable, like you said, if you have the one skill, like, uh-oh, don't leave him for three. Particularly next year, considering the talent that would theoretically be surrounding him. Contract-wise, again, he's on a 10-day. That's going to – he has four more games after this under that. The Warriors could sign him to a second 10-day before they have to make a full decision on the season. But in my opinion, after what I saw tonight, after what we know, you know, he has potential-wise in his, you know, former lottery-type pick and what else is out there, I, I mean, I don't know if this is available to the Warriors. I don't know if Bender would agree to it, but I think the smartest thing they could do is sign him to one of those rest-of-the-season guaranteed deals – you know, non-guaranteed minimum next year where they would have control of him this summer. Again, I don't know if Bender would take that deal, um, but that's the way I'd go if I was the Warriors, just considering what else is potentially out there for those empty roster spots. Yeah, especially at the big man position, there's not a lot. Uh, But they have a lot of bigs, and presumably they're going to come up with another center, whether it's in the draft, whether it's in free agency, whether it's via that trade exception. They need a stretch big, though, right? I mean, especially with with Draymond's kind of... deteriorating shooting even you know they need a stretch big I think and they know this they've even said this and Spellman was thought to be that but then you know they had to get off Spellman for tax purposes so if I mean they may have bigs on the roster they don't have any stretch bigs yeah no that's true I mean I I actually think that uh Toscano Anderson has been the most impressive of these new guys that they brought in in the aftermath of the trades I really like what we've seen from him so far well, I'll seed the floor to you. I mean, he was good tonight. Um, he's an interesting uh, case. I mean, the, the, I mean, we're talking about a guy who didn't do anything in college, was nowhere near, is a little Alf- Alfonso McKinney-like, where it's like not yeah. even a prospect. Like, was not sitting there on draft day and was like, oh, I didn't get picked. It was like never a prospect. Went to the, you know, he's in the Mexican League. I believe he won the Mexican League MVP at one point. From East Oakland, which is like the cool local connection. But um, Warriors yeah, found him. tell Marcus Thompson that, actually. Yeah. Is he aware of that? I think he might be. Um, and he... Like the Warriors found him on a G League tryout type thing where he just came to, like, you know, be an extra body at a G League tryout. And, like, kind of Aaron Miles liked him enough to be like, yeah, let's have this guy stick around and be like our 11th man on the Santa Cruz Warriors. And it's that has worked itself all the way up until he has one of those deals I was talking about where he's guaranteed the rest of the season and the Warriors have him on a minimum for, I think, the next two seasons actually, non guaranteed. So if he doesn't make the roster, you know, in camp next year if he has a bad summer, whatever, they can cut him. But um, you seem to think he might. 
you know, I kind of thought it was like a make good, hey, this guy has served his time well in Santa Cruz. He's a good, you know, guy you want on the end of, you know, during a bad season at the end, you know he's going to, like, hustle. You yeah. kind of think he, like, might potentially have a future? Uh, I mean, I, I didn't think that when he was signed. I mean, I loved him going back to Summer League. Loved him in the sense of just, you know, he really, really competes. His motor is in the top 1% probably of all NBA players. Um, he probably had the best defensive play on Zion, and I had a little, like, kind of strip. Yeah. No, I, and, and he runs the floor really hard. He gets loose balls. He cuts hard. He sprints back hard on defense. This um, is going to surprise you, but Steve Kerr loves him. <laughs> he is a Steve Kerr-like player. Oh, I, I'm sure he is. And so, you know, I think and, – and physically, you know, he's not – I think he's an NBA athlete. He got up for a couple of alley-oops tonight, some nice dunks. The shooting has been the big question mark. That's actually looked pretty good in a Golden State Warriors uniform. And he ended up to shooting a little bit this year in the G League. But he's definitely, you know, not been – uh, a, an NBA level, a three-point shooter. We'll see how that comes along. We've seen these blips from guys like the aforementioned McKinney, for example, where they really couldn't actually really make shots when it counted. And, you know, I don't think he'll be – he could be a rotation player next year, but he could be a guy who come in and give you some energy for five or ten minutes game, will be a good practice player. Um, probably needs to get a little bit stronger because his path is, you know, you can throw him on a Kawhi at least for a little bit, and, and he's not – uh, I was talking to a Warriors coach today. He said he's at 212 right now, which is probably not quite big enough for that role. But, I mean, if he's going to hit shots with his athleticism and energy, it, there should be a role for him. There's always a role for wings with athleticism who hustle and who can hit some shots. Going kind of back to the Bender conversation we were having, because I want to flip this to another player. When we talk about uh, their big man spot moving forward, you know, you kind of sometimes forget Smiley Geach is under guaranteed contract for next season. He's technically part of the big man, uh, rota- maybe not rotation moving forward, but part of the outlook moving forward. And he would be the, you know, theoretical stretch big, but we saw it tonight. I mean, Zion Williamson is just tossing him around the floor. Yeah, he has some tools long term that kind of intrigue but he's very far away like you can tell even tonight like Bender is much more of a ready NBA player uh, than Smiley Geach oh for sure well I mean Bender Bender is you know I mean Smiley Geach you wouldn't say necessarily that he has a great feel for the game I mean he's got a lot of confidence he's got a decent skill level but he's not really like a feel guy making the smart play, making the, the, the smart rotation. The team environment seems like it, like he is at his best when it's like, okay, you give me the ball and I'll show what I can do. But it's like, yeah, yeah the team stuff, team defense. It's just, I mean, he fall he falls down just <laughs> three times every time. He, you know, let's say he plays five minutes, he's gonna fall down three times. Yeah, and I think he just doesn't have a great understanding for when to screen he doesn't make the quickest decisions with the ball which is something that the Warriors need so and he's the type of player where you want to see at least a little bit maybe not him necessarily but all these bigs all these guys like your Jordan Poole or Poole pretty good tonight yeah no he was really good tonight he's he's taking some real steps forward but uh you know how do these guys look with stuff I mean that's going to be a huge question of like who can be smart who can make the right decisions who knows when to screen who knows when to cut back door off all that gravity that stuff has uh those are going to be some of the questions that have to be answered when he returns hopefully on march 1st last topic andrew wiggins three of i believe three of 16 he finished the night after he was 33 of 57 combined his first four games he's been great 
better than expected defensively. Steve Kerr has been glowing about him. I think some of that is, you know, strategically by Kerr really trying to kind of pump up the confidence. Same with Draymond. Draymond said he thought he could be all defensive team. I don't think Draymond actually probably believes he will be all defensive team, but I think it's more about like, hey, you're a good defender. Believe you're a good defender. I mean, there were, you know, people who drafted drafted number one and every draft Nick thought he would had the capability of being an all-league defender. So, Draymond's not the first person to say that. So, this was Wiggins' worst of his five games for the Warriors. Although, you know, he wasn't terrible on the other parts of the game besides making shots. You know, 3-16. I thought he... I don't remember. He finished with a lot of rebounds. I don't remember. Yeah, I think 9-4 on the offensive end. Yeah. Um, Some hustle plays. What... I mean, look, the, the trade is what the trade is. I know you've already put all your analysis out on that. But now that, you know, the we're five games into his tenure with the Warriors, like where are you at on just like the Wiggins' future with the Warriors? Yeah, well, I, I said at the time of the trade, even if from when you just line up the assets and Wiggins' negative contract that, you know, maybe they didn't get enough for having to take on that contract. But for this team, you can make the argument that he could potentially be more valuable than D'Angelo Russell was because he can at least defend his position one-on-one. And, and he he's got some athleticism. Position. Right, yeah, and he plays that position. So, And they needed someone who could at least give them passable play on the wing, and he's provided that so far. And tonight, you know, I know he was 3 out of 16. He missed some shots around the rim that you might say he normally makes or, or could have gotten fouled on. He was one of six at the rim tonight, which was pretty ugly. They weren't calling a lot of fouls on contact around the basket tonight. Uh, so, you know, he, and the jumper was off. He's been hot on the jumper. Like, that's not necessarily going to continue. He's take some pretty difficult shots off the dribble or coming off the DHOs. So he should get a chance to take more open threes in the future and maybe that will help him but certainly even after tonight you know he played hard he seemed pretty motivated we haven't seen the defensive mistakes he's blocked shots he's got on the glass a little bit he's gotten some steals and so the dispassionate play that so often plagued him hasn't necessarily been an issue so far the question is just you know we've seen him play with passion before when he goes against LeBron James or he goes against Cleveland who traded him he just got traded he's in this new environment now you know, how's it going to look 20 games from now or at the 40-game mark next year? You know, we have a track record that shows that this isn't going to continue. Does he? Is, is this an event that's going to cause that to be different now? Is he turned over a new leaf? Or is he just, all right, I'm motivated for a little while here, and then it, it's going to wane for whatever reason? Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and let's say Marquise Chris is your starting lineup. Looney off the bench, you know, Damian Lee, let's say whatever draft pick they get, which, you know, uh, let's pr- let's presume it's not Wiseman and it's a wing that, like, has some upside, but, you know, does he really help that much? We'll see Pascal, um, and let's say they get, like, a Thaddeus Young type player or whoever, whoever, like, uh, let's just say it's a decent veteran piece that they get either at the mid-level or with the 17.2 exception. Is that a top four team in the West next season? Well, uh, number one, I would say... There's no way Marquise Chris is your starting center on opening night next year. I think I think they will bring in at least some kind of a veteran option. Who I think they'll does bring in a veteran option, but side. I think knowing Kerr, knowing Kerr's history, knowing what they personally think about Marquise Chris, I, that's my guess at this moment. Barring a James Wiseman drafting, I think yeah, it's going to be. Crazy. I mean, yeah, I mean, you you might know what they're thinking is better. I just think that there's so much 
freely available talent on the center market that they could bring in someone who's a little more experienced and better defensively. I mean, I think that's the big problem with Chris is just that he is not going to be amazing defensively. You know, he, do, he doesn't quite have the size, as you mentioned. Um, you know, hasn't had the intelligence as a help defender. Maybe that's improved, but I think the way he's not is if Looney, like you know, Looney's body responds well yeah. this summer. And Kavon, the Kavon Looney of years past is the Kavon Looney. Yeah. Then, then you know, I think that's the guy that Kerr. I, I don't think they're going to start him though. I mean, maybe they'd start him in the playoffs. They started him. They, they, they wanted to start him this year. Now again, yeah. maybe that project is off the table because of you know yeah. the body's just not ready to be a thirty minute per night guy. But yeah. Um, but okay, I'm just saying if that's. Yeah. You know, the makings of next year's rotation, obviously there'll be tweaks here. We need to know who those veterans are in those spots. But do you think that is a top four team in the West? It's very difficult to say, and that's because I think it all comes down to how good Steph, Clay, and Draymond are. We don't know the answer to that question right now. Clay's coming off the ACL. He's going to be in his 30s. Draymond's going to be in his 30s. He's looked terrible this year, other than a few games. Um, you know, uh, Steph looked great uh, early on you know he had a big preseason game and then uh you know he was added said some of the best moments that he's ever had in the playoffs last year he was a top three player in the nba last season so uh if the, are those guys still at that level then absolutely um and they're a threat in the playoffs maybe they're not as good in the regular season because i don't know if draymond can bring it at that level um but those guys are a couple years older. Clay's coming off the ACL. Is he defensively? Is he going to be the same? Um, so I mean, I think I, if I had to peg it right now, you know, I'd have it like over under four point five for their seed. I mean, I think you're kind of right on it there. Um, but and I think we'll have a better idea when we see how good Steph looks coming back here. Uh, I mean, I think it's very easy to forget how good that guy is, man. Yeah, and you. But did you see his comments yesterday talking about his hand? Yeah, he did. I was talking again with with a coach about that today, and he said, you know, see, he looks fine with that left hand. So maybe it's you know, he's curious what it'll be damage. game yeah. in game action. And honestly, you know, and he by the way, if you didn't see the quotes, he basically said of his left hand, which still has some nerve damage, he's getting used to his new normal, and yeah. that the left does not feel like the right. Although, just if I'm kind of reading a little bit into those comments, I think it's more about like long term as a human, his hand's going to be. You know, as he gets older, it'll just be a little bit harder to yeah. go through life. I mean, anyone who's had a bad injury, like when you get older, it kind of like maybe it's creakier that body part. But I, I can't remember somebody missing three months with a broken hand. I mean, he really jacked that thing up. It was like we're starting to learn more about it, and it's pretty clear it was like kind of shattered. You know, and yeah. it was it was uh, bones that had you know remember they had to do two surgeries, they had to insert some pins, they had to take out some pins. Obviously, the nerve stuff was different, but yeah, I mean, it was. It was a badly broken hand. Um, and, again, I mean, look, if you just watch him warm up, he looks as skilled with as good a touch as ever. But, you know, it will – again, I don't think – there's no way that this is going to just completely turn him into a different player. But it will be – I mean, we're talking about maybe the most elite ambidextrous guard around the rim ever with, like, the, you know, best touch, like high off the glass, kiss and floaters, lefty yeah. passes, really tight handle. Like, if that goes from 100% awesome to, like, 90%, like, that's an effect on his game moving forward. So that's something to watch. No, I, I mean, I, I shared your concern when I saw those quotes, to be sure. 
All right, Nate, appreciate it. Uh, took it a little overtime, but, you know, it is what it Big is. Big surprise. Yeah. Big surprise. Um, I will talk to you. They play Kings Tuesday, Lakers Thursday. I'll probably do a podcast. Maybe both, maybe one of those games.